When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premier show. Smackdown. It's November the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2001. Hey, hon. Hey. Lou <laughs> <laughs> Fringo making a debut. <laughs> Afro Man, because I got high. What other song could it be? Is the number one song in the UK. There's not much to say apart from, God, it's a good song, that. It was funny because he was talking about doing a drug. Yes. <laughs> da, 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 da. Steps. Gold Greatest Hits, that album they put out to insist that they are not breaking up just before they broke up. It's still number one in the album chart. American Pie 2 is the number one film in the UK. Roger Ebert. Ebert? Ebert. 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 He's online. Gave the film three out of four stars. Uh, and also Richard Roper gave it two thumbs up and said, more laughs than the original. Ooh. Ooh. I, I absolutely think American Pie 2 is the best one of the series. Uh, Night and Day is a weird thing, I thought. Um, a British mystery soap opera produced by Granada TV for LWTV that broadcast this week on ITV until June 2003. The series was launched as part of ITV's new early evening lineup with an enormous amount of pre-publicity and trailers promoting the series. Uh, the series premiered of unusual format, three 30-minute episodes would air each week in a tea time slot before being merged into one single hour-long late-night omnibus episode. Right. One of those big Transformers, I guess, which aired <laughs> Thursday. Uh, the series did very well um, until it stopped doing well. Um, <laughs> it did well until it didn't do well. Yeah. Uh, then the series removal was so sudden that TV listings for the next week still advertised it. It has never been re-released or re-aired, and it's not available on on-demand services. I've never heard of this series, and it was compared to Twin Peaks, which I thought was a fascinating thing to be compared to for ITV. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this bloody series? What was it called? El Dorado? <laughs> Night and Day. No, I'm not familiar with... No, and that one that never... famous tag team. That one never crossed my, uh, my, my eyes, which is probably why it never lasted. Mm. Maybe, you, maybe you're listening to this and you were in night and day. Let us know. Please let us know. Uh, October finishes with Aston Villa top of the Premier League the first time in nearly three years. The top five is completed by Leeds, Arsenal, Liverpool and Man Bloody United. Oh. Leicester City still have only one win this season. Remain bottom 
of the Premier League with Derby County and Southampton also in the relegation zone. Oh, fascinating stuff there. And then Arsenal... <laughs> Up the villa. Don't worry, this isn't that boring. Arsenal <laughs> suffer a shock 4-2 league home defeat to Charlton Athletic. Oh, go on, Charlton. Oh, this sounds like they're burnt out. Rather like the big game this week, <laughs> the very first burnout. <laughs> very well, like the very first game this week. Yeah. Spies. Spy versus spy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's only do it for that one game. Um, also known as Acclaim's Last Stand. Okay, oh. The only thing they had going until the very end, until they decided to sell it to EA, because had bugger all else. Uh, first burnouts, it's rather not a nice little, oh, this is okay, rather pleasant mechanic that EA then to shove steroids into and improved exponentially. Yeah, I like this. I liked Burnout 2. Burnout 2's a bit better. Yeah. Bit better. So bit got the better. crash mode for the first time, and then three onwards is EA, and it's, oh, it's all good after that. Rather like Emmerdale. <laughs> Episode 3038. God, these are one-piece numbers. Charity <laughs> Dingle is appalled to learn that Chris is drawing up a prenuptial agreement, and it doesn't take her long to realise that Zoe is behind it. Zoe explains that she is trying to safeguard Joseph's inheritance in the event of Charity cheating on Chris again. Womp womp. Charity is further mortified when Zoe tells her that she has a taped confession of the affair. Oh, I've seen that tape. Charity is then delivered a crushing ultimatum. Be a good finishing move, I think. Sign the agreement or risk losing Chris when Zoe tells him everything. I think this is when I started watching Emmerdale with my dad because they would always watch it. And I'd be like, all right. But yeah, the charity dingle trying to swindle her way in the laps of Chris. <laughs> I'm trying not to call him Chris Tarrant, but I can't remember his actual surname. I don't want people to think it's the blokey from who must be a millionaire. Chris not Tarrant. Yes. Chris McMahon. Because <laughs> it wasn't that far off, you know, Trish and Vince at the start of 01. So uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> I love the soap roundups at the start of it's these now. It's a popular demand of <laughs> one person great. asking. Kevin helps Molly tidy the flat <laughs> as best they can, but it's still a mess. This is what they're leading with. <laughs> that's, your, that's your first hour of Raw. What was on yeah. Nitro at the time? EastEnders. EastEnders were over there going, all right, welcome to EastEnders. Just so you know, this week on Coronation on Whiny Street, need- oh, they're going to clean a flat for half an hour. <laughs> This, Stay here this flat is. needs a clean. What? A Hoover? <laughs> what? A Dustin? What? Molly I'm confesses a- to Kevin that she hasn't any home insurance. <laughs> For what? Tidying the flat? Some backward people on this show. Hey, I can't tidy me flat. Why not? I haven't got the insurance. <laughs> I seem to remember that episode as they were tidying the flat. Like, <laughs> just they're chatting away. Yeah, and comes another- a joke. <laughs> The door gets kicked down, and here comes Phil Mitchell. You know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Where is billionaire Ken? Where is where is Hulk Deirdre? Charity, I'll give you some bloody charity. Uh. <laughs> you want a war? You've got one. <laughs> You think that's silly, but the end of this episode description ends with everyone goes to the Rovers to see the great Orlando. <laughs> he hypnotizes Blanche, Curly, and Les, and he gets Curly to eat an onion thinking it's an apple. <laughs> and it sounds like the best episode. Blanche is Oliver Norris thinking he's Yul Brenner. This is the best episode of Corey ever. Is there any wonder SmackDown was killing it in the ratings? <laughs> Is there any wonder that you are still listening 
to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. Yes, you. Don't act like you're too cool for this. Yeah. You, you're hearing this voice. We know that you're here. You're neck deep <laughs> in the soup that consists of two wonderful ingredients, Mr. Mafu and Mr. Tom. Campbell's soup. To be wanking. Tom, how the hell are you doing? Uh, I've been wanking too. I'm good, thank you, mate. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's Saturday when this goes live. Uh, we've probably bumped into each other at the Sonic, Sonic the Comic Convention. Oh, hello. In York. What are you doing what here? What are you doing here? Uh, so I'm excited for that. That's um, what's been happening this week. It's weird at the moment in our house because Alex has changed shift patterns at work. So it used to be, I don't think I've mentioned this on the SmackDown review, it used to be where Alex and I would leave the house roughly at the same time every morning and then we get back roughly the same time sometimes she finished a bit earlier sometimes a bit later that we could always negotiate and finish in town uh, around the same time and we'd have a drink in town or whatever but now she's like working till like half six seven o'clock now so it's like oh. we're opposite ends of the day at the moment so it's a bit weird sort of trying to find pockets of time to spend together oh no who's who's tidying the flat pablo <laughs> I mean, Pablo's loving it because he gets he gets Alex there uh, during the day uh, until about like ten o'clock ish, and then I get in about four ish. So like he's got you know he's he's loving life. He's a little slut. He's a little slut at the moment. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear about the uh, life being erratic. Oh, it's it's hey, do you know what? It, it's it, it's worse worse things could happen. Like Alex, um, we don't know what's happened, but Alex has rubbed her eye and she's had an allergic reaction to either some cat hair or something because of the morning that we're recording this. She won't mind me telling you. She's woke up and her eyes out here. <laughs> Like Vader. She's got a big Vader bulbers. <laughs> yeah. Like she's been in a fight. Tom, Tom's like, Japan. I told you not to wrestle Stan Hansen for the shift at BBC. <laughs> I did tell her, but she wouldn't have it. Um, I've, I've since called her Bog Eye on several occasions. She's not a fan. <laughs> she's not a fan. <laughs> she said, what if it stays like this until I get married? I said, then I'll probably still marry her. Probably. Oh, wow. Probably. Just all this to look forward to and oh, more. She knows what she signed up for. And you know, she thinks she's like, well, I'm off work with my bog eye. I listen to the podcast. I'll take my head. Oh, never mind. <laughs> she would never listen no to this. No escape. She wouldn't listen to this shite if her life depended on it. <laughs> she's listened a few times and gone, how is that your work? I don't get it. <laughs> That's what I don't get it too. How are you more importantly? I'm doing grand. Mm. Doing grand, Good. generally speaking. I remember all the good things I've got going in my life. I had a lovely, lovely meetup at a thing that didn't happen um, oh. with some people who don't exist because I wasn't there. <laughs> Your Honour. <laughs> that sounds weird, so we'll move on. <laughs> hopefully, a- we won't be saying the same thing about the Sonic the Comet convention. No, there will hopefully be people there, and it did happen. Wow, this is a wonderful time <laughs> we're having right now. It'd be really funny if it's a massive disaster. We've got mailbag this week. Oh, fucking hell. I thought, I'll just, I thought I, we should keep back up with the mailbag. Uh, Craig from Newcastle says... Hey. Hi, Craig. Is there, something who has, is there someone who has surprised you or anyone who has not been as good as you remembered when looking back on the Classic Smackdown review? Keep up the great work all you lads are doing. Yeah, Al Snow. Al Snow? You- For the life of me, I was convinced like he was this underrated, amazing talent and it just didn't get the right shot or this didn't go this way for him. Even when he had that kind of a feud with The Rock near the end of uh, 99, start of 2000, yeah, it's all mixed up with everything else that was going on. He was still mid at best. He really did do his best work in ring before coming to WWF. Yeah, that's a fair shout. I think Kane has been a, a revelation. More so than I remember him. Mm. Proper had his working boots on in 2001. Oh, absolutely. As the big red machine. That you'd, 
think wasn't as good. Uh, somebody who I thought was good, who I thought, our past time thought was good, but future time is not as enamored with. Um, probably, I mean, I'm trying to think who I've seen. It seems a bit harsh, but probably Matt Hardy. I always thought okay. Matt was a bit more of a grafter, but I don't really have been massively impressed with his charisma at this point. But I guess when you're next to Jeff Hardy, who's got a bit He's more... got Jeff Hardy and Leader. He's always going to be, you know... Yeah. Matt, Matt in general is great. You don't get me wrong. I just thought he did more in this year than I thought. He's, and yeah. he's involved in some sort of... In, in quite a few romance stories that I don't really think he's... It's his bag. <laughs> you know, acting... He's just pretty, isn't he? He's just purdy. You can't act, but you're pretty. Just a purdy boy. Just a TikTok lad nowadays, isn't he? Who surprised you at how brilliant they've been? Because I've said Kane. Oh, Test in a while. Test. It's like Test in 99. Yay! Test in 2000. Boo. <laughs> test in 2001. Yay again! <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much for the question. Lovely lad from Craig. Uh, Jack McMorrow. Uh, it says, The Cold Hollow Classic Smackdown Review, the podcast of the future where nothing can possibly go wrong. That's nice. That's good. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and he says he misses it when there's weeks that we're not on because then he has to listen to the podcast he works on, hosted by Wastes of Cow. So I hope everything's all right there. <laughs> Wastes of Cow. <laughs> I hope everything's all right. <laughs> Tracy Walsh from Dublin. I'm writing this to my future self and others as a hello. You're doing amazing. Aww. I listen to all the reviews and I'm way behind. Uh, here is some memory lanes from a few months ago. Scott Hall arrived in WCW on SmackDown. Shane McMahon did a radio interview saying how great Stephanie's tits were. Yep. On, on Raw, you're building up to King of the Ring. So that's roughly where you are. So when you hear this, hello to you. You're doing great, Tracy. Well, if you combine the two and Scott Hall showed up, what's he doing here? He's here in WF. Steph's tits are great. <laughs> Who came to see Stephanie Brand's tits? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Another win for the good guys. Jock one up for the good guys. And uh, so thank you, Tracy. A woman! Whoa! Stop that. A woman's listening shit. Stop that. There's going to be loads of them. Nine now. There's be loads of them at the Sonic Comic Convention. Oh. Lots of Amy Roses <laughs> here to get pricked on. No. <laughs> Oh, for fuck's sake. That was a pun. Thank you very much for the Simpsons reference, by the way. We didn't miss it. Thank you. Alex from Valencia. He's the ring announcer for Tyrus Wrestling, which is not a wrestling promotion built around Brodus Clay. Don't worry. <laughs> no, it's NWA. <laughs> oh! uh, Alex from Valencia, thank you. You sent, he sent us this tweet from the Bulldog's official Twitter. Here's an official Twitter. What the British Bulldog has a Twitter. Not, no. even, not even death can keep Bulldog what's, from tweeting. What's he, what's he tweeting? Wow, uh, this new Zelda game sure <laughs> plays great. <laughs> Bulldog's the name! Legend of Zelda's the new one! It's my game! I would be very frightened if Bulldog's Twitter just spiked up and gone, anyone else really stuck on Tears of a Kingdom? <laughs> what? Uh, it is computer-based, uh, so I think it's, it's Bulldog's daughter that runs it. Um, here is a shot of my mum and dad in 1994 in their Lander Lakes, Florida home office. Yeah. I remember seeing my dad playing the game Doom on many occasions Fuck here. Fuck right off. <laughs> this was a photo shoot, I believe, for WWE Magazine, another classic 90s picture at its finest, and it's Bulldog and Diana Hart-Smith, Diana with the deer in the headlights looking everything. They're in Bulldog's home office that contains uh, lots of pens, uh, lots of little drawers, probably full of paperwork and dog food, uh, a massive printer that looks like it would stove a cat's head in and uh, a PC which he sat at wearing his supers and a lovely stripy oh. vest top uh, his denim jacket over the back of the chair as if he's just got in from work and remembered he has to send off something he made on Corel Draw <laughs> um, but apparently he was a big fan of Doom 
on this PC wow. that he's playing on the British Bulldogs Twitter. It's hard to imagine people like Bulldog be able to comprehend even a game like Doom where you shoot demons and open doors. <laughs> and again, in the zoo bars, I have seen these. By the way, gracias for this fantastic email. But I have seen the other uh, photos from the stodgy photo shoot. One's where he's just laid on his, his stomach like that David Hasselhoff pizza video and he's shown off his VHS copies of like Little Mermaid. <laughs> He wanted to be part of our world. The British Bulldog's my name. <laughs> Watching Disney VHS is my game. <laughs> Maybe he gave his charisma so he could grow legs. <laughs> Maybe he... So, here's no, me no, PC. No, 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 that's mean, that's mean. Bulldog, Bulldog Sacrifice signed away his indoor voice <laughs> <laughs> for legs. Here's me PC, here's me VCR, here's where I inject milk. <laughs> Oh, we were in me zoo bars. Here's where I inject milk. All the way from Leeds, Chester. <laughs> Thank you very from much for the From the north email. of England, Leeds and... was it? Uh, Leeds and Wiggins, respectively. Here's me pith helmet. <laughs> and canary. <laughs> Cano, it's a canary. <laughs> yeah, yelling at the canary. Thank you. you. All right. Thank you, Alex and Valencia. Another photo message, this time from Sean in Dublin. Dublin again. Hello, Sean. The year was still 2003, but it's like October. Andy Sugden was buying a car of his brother, Robert Sugden. <laughs> and they heard a this scuffle from stuff. their house. Yeah. And upon running in, they'd find a child sleeping in Andy and Katie Ardman's bed. Anyway, it turns out he's Andy's biological brother, Darren. That's right. And he goes to his biological Jesus. father and tells him he doesn't want to know his biological brother or him. Anyway, I'm giving all this backstory to show that I do a better job than the wiki. Long story <laughs> short, Darren nicked what was claimed to be brand, a brand new game and he began playing on Emmerdale a PlayStation 1 and Smackdown 2. See, this is why we're reading out all these things. Wait, Smackdown 2 in 03? Yeah. <laughs> the same game that Len Reynolds bought saying they were old games on cheap a few months prior. Oh, okay. Yeah. He spent the episode annoying Katie and played it non-stop, but now we can add Triple H to our list of Emmerdale cameos. <laughs> I promise these are not Mad Libs. And there is a photo that yeah. is included from the scenes question of, uh, of the young lad playing God. Smackdown 2. Uh, and, and for those who can't see the pictures... It is uh, uh, The Rock versus Triple H uh, in the Armageddon, uh, the Armageddon Arena. You know it's the Armageddon Arena because they've just slapped the Armageddon ring logo on the ring canvas, wow. as was the style at the time. Anyway, my question is, if they made a new 2D Sonic game, what would your wishes be for it? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lads. You're welcome. He doesn't saw a lot of this. <laughs> Thank uh, you very much, Sean. Sonic, mate, just, just do Sonic Mania again. Just do that again. Yeah. Wipe so, my memory and give me yeah. Sonic Mania again. Yeah, it's Sonic Mania 2, it's all we ask for. And like, because I'm sure they're still at least... But then Sonic Mania 2, you can make new stuff now. Like, use all the history and you've proven, the team behind it have proven that they can make new Sonic things that amalgamate perfectly with the old Sonic things. That's so right. Just oh. do that, you cowards. <laughs> Don't give me Sonic 3 on, on a next-gen console again. Oh, I'll fucking kill you. Yeah, and I want... I want a, I want a mod that replaces Sonic with Andy Sugden. <laughs> and Robotnik with Charity Dingle. <laughs> Don't we all, darling? Classic at cultaholic.com if you would like to say hello. Hello. Shall we get into some wrestling news? Please. Let's do it. Right. 
girthy injury report. We'll rattle through these. Rhino had neck surgery uh, this weekend in San Antonio for a herniated disc. We talked about this last week. Uh, Jim Ross has said it's not as serious as Benoit or Austin's neck injuries, uh, but he's going to be out of action for six months to a year. We might. I think. I think we'll probably not see him back in the ring until WrestleMania 19. No way out 2003. That sort of time. He's definitely out WrestleMania 19, but I can't remember much of what he does or when he returns. He's so. in a triple threat tag match. That's right, with Benoit. With, with Ben, with... with, with no, a team he, of who's next? <laughs> <laughs> He's, or as it says on the network, Rhino in a tag team match. Canyon had surgery this week under Dr. James Andrews uh, in Birmingham, Alabama for his torn ACL. He's done for six months. Again, we probably won't see him until 03. God, James Andrews is... On time and a half. James now. Andrews and Lloyd Youngblood are busy boys. Uh, Takamishinoku had soldier sur- uh, shoulder surgery from James Andrews the day before. Uh, and he's going to be out for six months as well. Now, Taka's had chronic shoulder problems for a few years now. I believe going back to that bump say, that he took at Rumble, o- Rumble in January in 2000. Yeah. Horrible. Taka's still on the contract? Yeah. Does he survive? That means he gets, he gets surgery and comes back? I think he does, oh, but not for long. Great. Yeah, he, wow, I remember him coming back at this point, period. I'm sure he does, I'm sure he does something. Let maybe. me check while you read. You do that. X-Pog re-injured his neck. He's in a lot of pain right now. He's off the active roster until results of his test come in, not Andrew Martin, uh, which is unfortunate because at this current time, X-Pog is the WWF light heavyweight champion, head of Survivor Series, where there's plans to sort of merge all the belts. Scotty Tuhati had a consultation with Dr. Lloyd Youngblood regarding his own neck problems. There was a fucking queue outside the offices. It's like fucking Woolworths in December. <laughs> Ironically, like, had you had another two wrestlers at Dr. Lloyd Youngblood's office, you could have run it as a house show. Youngblood had, uh, he spoke to Youngblood about his own neck problems. He has two herniated discs. Doesn't need surgery, but he will continue working through it. Uh, 18 stitches. That's what Steve Austin's got. Why? We'll find out in a bit. Sean Stasiak's having problems with fluid in his knee. Uh, they they said we can put a cam. Thing. They said they could put a camera down there to see what's going on. And Sean said, "Oh no, I'd feel uneasy about you putting a camera where I don't want one." Jim Ross targeted December or January for a return for Triple H. However, in a weird move by the World Wrestling Federation, he's actually featured prominently on the pay per view advertising for WWF Vengeance. Uh oh, spaghetti, <laughs> which is a weird thing to do. Uh, I, I do enjoy how you know how. As much as things change, everything stays the same. You know, there's a wrestling event coming up where a wrestler who's strongly hinted at returning, despite the fact that it's looking very unlikely that he will. <sighs> Billy Kidman's working with a knee brace. Bless his socks. He's been knackered a bit. And Johnny the Bull, who we have seen bugger all of uh, as part of the invasion, uh, he's out with a broken thumb, which is ironic. Wait, wait, was it, he in? Yeah, they bought, they bought him. He, he came. He came in the. Uh, he came in the fire sale of WCW. But has he been on TV? Or was he? I think he. I think he was, was early. Early on in amongst the rabble of the alliance, but he hasn't done anything particularly prominent. Wow. He's been and he's wrestled house shows and stuff, but he's not donated. Right, right. He will actually have a bit of a run once yes. he's back. Once the invasion's over, he will have a bit of a run. Yes, Good. and uh, just to interrupt. Taka would not return. Ah, so we're done with Taka Michinoku. We are. His last SmackDown appearance was losing the Chronic. Oh, and he, made, know- he made Chronic look bad, so we can lay the blame exclusively on Taka Michinoku. If only we'd known that at the time. Uh, from the Wrestling Observer, there has also been internal dissension 
within the writing staff of the World Wrestling Federation this week. According to one insider, there is a feeling that Bruce Pritchard, Michael Hayes and Brian Gawartz are team players, but Paul Heyman has a separate agenda and that things run smoothly until Vince listens to Heyman. One insider said there was frustration from other writers with the belief that McMahon feels Heyman is more of a wrestling expert than the others and he listens to him and makes changes based on his input. Others say that Gawartz doesn't have enough wrestling product knowledge and the emphasis on his comedy has taken all the series away from the product and so no one gets over and Heyman is always trying to protect his ECW guys another viewpoint is that Heyman is the only one who sees the depth of the problems and the widespread changes that are needed and gets that because nobody else wants to acknowledge just how serious the situation is uh, he's the only one that's speaking up hence why he was falling out with him there's definitely a feeling of some of those in the writing process that may be destructive that titles themselves mean nothing nevertheless there are those in the right there are those that the titles have changed so frequently that only the storm fans have a clue as to who holds them at any particular time. Admittedly, we do this week to week and we fucking struggle to keep up. Yeah. Um, and most fans don't care, so it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. In addition, some feel that because of the internet, it is important to swerve people so they can predict all the angles. Uh, this constant toing and froing from the writing team has further led to entrenched difficulties between Paul Heyman and the other writing team. So Paul Heyman is the one that's left out of the cool gang of Hayes, Gewartz and Pritchard. Just a uh Correct you. It's go worst. Go worst. Oh, not go worst. As in he's the go worst right now. <laughs> I know this because we try reading his fucking book on stream <laughs> and people, you could hear people throwing stuff at their monitors going, please read anything else. Was it really bad? They just, it was one of those, then I had lunch one time, sat next to Kane. <laughs> Kane ordered pasta. <laughs> Kane, I love that. Unlike his character on TV, Kane is actually a human being who sometimes needs to digest food so he can have energy, right? <laughs> he's nowhere near the child-killing whatever the fuck he's supposed to be on TV. He's actually... Uh, not, I'd be like, mate, mate, read Mein Kampf. Read oh. anything other than this, please. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't get through it. Oh. And I had to skim it afterwards, and it was just like... Hey, you know, you've this, this drama backstage stuff. Okay, cool. Here's a really boring retelling of that. I've got it as an audible. Um, oh, if book. you're struggling to sleep. Um, Jazz is on her way in. Yeah. Uh, the Observer saying that she's Jazz. Smooth. <laughs> she's smooth. Oh, capital. Uh, the Observer says Jazz will wrestle Lita on house shows over the coming weekend. Uh, oh, all the poor women, woman. Of all the women in the training camp, she's technically the most advanced as a worker. No shit. Absolutely. Uh, Booker T uh, was doing media appearances in Toronto, and the Observer says that during his appearances, he blamed the failure of the invasion angle, which is still ongoing, by the way, on the lack of star power because God. Goldberg, Sting, Hall and Nash weren't signed and he said they only had enough star power to get through one pay-per-view. <laughs> Booker, I think, at this point has obviously signed to a deal and knows he will probably be all right once the dust settles. So he probably feels more comfortable going, yeah, this has been shit, but hold tight, this will be fine. Oh yeah, Booker's always a guy who's bet on himself to win, absolutely. But don't uh, worry, the invasion's going to get good But after it ends. I like that he said uh, we only had enough stars to get through a pay-per-view. We saw Invasion. You didn't. <laughs> you barely had that. Rubbish show. <laughs> I said, just enough butter for, this, for, for two rounds of toast. 
Most wrestlers continue to think it's a given that Hall and Nash are coming in. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall uh, are close to the end of their guaranteed Turner deals uh, and maybe on their way in next year. Others close negotiations on both sides aren't as sure, but one would think given the direction of the business and given that there's really nowhere else, it would be inevitable that it happens. Nash has been telling friends the schedule is a potential deal breaker, which is the same thing WWF people feel at this point because Kevin Ash and Scott Hall both would like to come in, but they don't want to do like six days a week on the house show tour to which. And so you've got these guys like your hardcore Hollies and your Bradshaws going, what? So you're going to pay them an extortionate amount of money to come in and do bugger all. And, and the culture at this point uh, is, is very much that sort of level of toxicity, whereby if you're not going to come in and work every day like we do and get paid 10 quid to do it, then you don't deserve to be here. Obviously, that, that has changed in years to go by. Roman Reigns pops up once in a blue yeah. moon and Lesner. everyone's pretty fine with it. Brock Lesnar, John Cena, <laughs> funny Logan Paul, Logan Paul, all the main stars, uh, Undertaker. Bulldog. Um, Ric Flair is also in talks with the World Wrestling Federation. Same thing as it always has with Flair in the WWF. Uh, they'll pay him what he can make staying home, essentially, uh, which with Flair's book due for a what? release next year. Say that again? Basically, what they're offering Flair is they will pay you this much. And Flair's like, well, I can make that just sat on my ass doing nothing. So I don't think I want to come in. You need to pay me more. Flair what? wants more money out of WWF. What's he getting paid to do just exist? His Turner deal. Oh, oh, right, 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 right. Mm, it's Turner. It's, it's guaranteed. Turner contract is still. I thought you meant generally. Like I just make. I make my money just existing. Like, that's not true. <laughs> oh, no, you no, lose no. money <laughs> being sat down. No, it's more the case like he's currently making. Oh, okay. That makes so he's sense. like, if I'm going to come in and do that and break this deal, then. I want some more money. Yeah. Basically. Uh, so Flair, Nash, Hall, all could be in next year, just as the invasion angle is wrapping up. So that's just... If only you'd waited a fucking year. <laughs> this could have been the greatest wrestling that you've yeah. ever known. And of all the people that get the longest run there, it's Ric Flair, by far the oldest. Oh, isn't that the case? Isn't that Wrestling the is case? weird. Wrestling is a weird place, but we love it. And if you don't believe me... Let's find out together. Last Monday night... Shane McMahon tells Vince McMahon, his dad, someone from the WF will defect to the Alliance tonight. Uh, whilst The Rock, Kane, Undertaker, Jericho and Vince are all in the ring, Shane says that someone is that will defect is in that ring right now as Tom's phone goes off. Oops. They look over and they see Kane blushing. Good <laughs> <laughs> word said he wouldn't bring up my pasta. <laughs> or Kane's just like reading the newspaper. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> upside Sweating. down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a lovely day! <laughs> oh, Kane goes, how should... <clears throat> Kane's not oh, good. His phone goes off and it's the Nitro theme. Oh, shit, shit, shit. See, Kane's not good at poker because he's got this tell that whenever he gets a good card, he shits himself. <laughs> <laughs> Same, to be fair. One of you will defect tonight. The, the ring posts go off. <laughs> he tries to. Is that? <laughs> wait, wait. Why the? Why, why is the fire brown this week? <laughs> oh, I thought he was doing it to like disguise the sound of him shitting himself. Now, if you did that with with all the gas emanating from the fire, <laughs> and the arena is burned down. Good night, folks. Crisis averted. What if you? <laughs> you can't defect if we're all dead. <laughs> We've all defected to the afterlife. Yeah. That's gonna be Satan. One of you will. One of you will defect. It won't be me. And then 
He leans in, just leans down the ramp and just winks. <laughs> oh, I don't know who it will be, but it certainly won't be me. Uh, Wink. <laughs> beating a shit in the bed. It's Vince versus Shane later that night in a street fight with a WrestleMania rematch, technically, I guess, with Vince countering the Van Terminator by kind of moving the bin a bit. <laughs> it is not Will Ospreay versus tri- Pat. He pressed triangle at the right time. It's so like, uh, like, oh, all right, yeah, I didn't get enough air there. Oh, sorry, Shane, well, whatever. TNT interfere, but Undertaker and Kane sort them out. Regal shows up and hits Undertaker in the balls, like when he slapped Sting in 96. Rock runs in, Austin runs in, Angle runs in, and inexplicably, Kurt Angle joins the alliance and chair shots everyone. Kurt embraces with Shane to give us to make us all go witty wee, witty why. <laughs> you what? were not a fan of this, were you not, Tom? I will give some points to Paul Heyman, who every time uh, a, a WWF member ran down, he gave us a classic Bobby Heenan. But who's is he on? Which I thought was nice. Mm. But Kurt Angle turning heel. Fuck off. It's okay. Fuck all the way wait, off. Wait, wait. It's, it's future. It's future us. Don't worry. It ends up being okay. It does, but it's still shit. <laughs> it's still crap storytelling. <laughs> Thank you, future selves. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Don't give us any other good advice. Just future that. Future sailors. I use my one time to travel back in time to tell you guys, don't worry. <laughs> you can go a back- podcast about a show. That's tw- you can go back in time once. What will you do with it? I'll tell Math and Tom <laughs> that the podcast that they're doing about retro episodes of wrestling, it'll be all right. <laughs> Look, if you had one shot, one opportunity <laughs> but inexplicably we still got mega hitler in this timeline so go figure mega hitler <laughs> I, got, I think they were saying mecha hitler like a wolfenstein or just a really roided mecha up. hitler would be fun mega hitler's been doing them reps it's the old thing in it where they say oh, if you go back in time and you kill hitler you'll probably it'll probably bring about a mega hitler that's even worse. like a phoenix from the flames oh shit mega <laughs> hitler <laughs> This is not even my final form. <laughs> oh, but dear. We're at the First Star Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. First Star, would it be five times? <laughs> Kane takes on... <laughs> it's not even worth it. The with- Do you know what's nice? It's just the withering. <laughs> it's just like... You could just do the bits and you know what it is. Do you realise that? I would have been <laughs> In about six years' time, because we'll have done all the bits, this podcast just be... I think it's funny you just do Kane. the bits. Like, how much... Like, it's minimum list as possible. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little nod. It yeah. ends up sounding like really weird beats for a rapper. <laughs> Kane t- takes on Kurt Angle tonight. Yes. And Undertaker versus Austin in the main event as well. Bloody hell. Fucking, right? yeah, massive episode wow. of Smackers. But here's The Rock to a big pop. Michael Cole says, Ohio usually reserves this kind of pop for Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah, but he ain't, he ain't half of the WWE Tag Team Champions now, is he? Actually, wait, let me check. He might be. There's been a lot of title changes during this period. Just Googled. He's not. Get wrecked, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Who'd you ever be? We've got Taz back on commentary. Yay! He's, oh, I've got some of his highlights. To go and he's wearing a Kurt Angle way. shirt as Of well. course he is. <laughs> Goober. Tap or snap, I'll give you the clap. <laughs> on Monday night, while defending the tag team titles, Jericho gave The Rock the breakdown during a match. But presumed- said, here's how we're winning the titles. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> 
Look at you and your second definition of breakdown. During a match, but presumably they still won, and I've written, who are they wrestling? The Beverly Brothers. <laughs> Losers. Jericho comes down separately and instantly starts mouthing off at The Rock. Jericho are taking on TNT, Test, and Booker T tonight. The battle of the long-haired Canadians screwed over by Triple H. <laughs> Booker's crazy expressions are getting better. He's way more confident and settled down now. Or maybe he's noticed he's wrestling The Rock and remembered how well that went last time, and he's pulled a cane and shat himself. <laughs> uh, Kurt Angle will tell us why he jumped in the alliance later tonight. Taz says he doesn't care why. It's great for the Alliance, and that's all that matters. Yep. Shut up, Cole. That level of thinking is what undoes the shittest yeah. of bad guys in films. Hey, whatever! This has gone in our favour. Right. I won't give it any more thoughts. Right. Like, what's the name of License to Kill? You're saying James Bond is defected to us? Yeah, he gave me his word. <laughs> you wouldn't lie to me. James Bond is dead. I watched him fall off that cliff. <laughs> well, I shan't check it. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Just hit James. Ow, oh, I'm dead. There, see? There you go, he's dead. Booker tags in and has real heat as he slaps Jericho around. Good for him. Joker lands a Frankensteiner on Booker, which you don't see much from him. Good for him. Rock <laughs> tags in to blow the well, roof off uh... by beating up Booker, but Rock sells the test because he ain't Triple H. <laughs> However, Booker gets a cheap shot on the apron, which only powers up the Rock. He's Hollywood now. You need to expensive shot him. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not too sure about that one, that's my view. Ooh. Would like to point out for, for new viewers and new listeners. Where have you been? Matthew doesn't have like, you know, he hasn't he doesn't have these written for him like Conrad does sometimes. Right. This is like Matthew's writing. Sometimes. Sometimes. Allegedly. Which is good because then when Bruce asks him a follow-up question, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. I'm covering uh, it down here. <laughs> immediately, immediately passed the book to Derek Sabato <laughs> or whoever it was. Like, I just, just says here. And Bruce is like, well, is that it? Is that your defense? What made you decide to push Cron? So what? Sorry, Kane. It says Kane. It says here. The dirt sheets are lying, are they, Bruce? <laughs> Gary was never <laughs> popple in school. Gary was never popular in school. Bread, <laughs> yeah. bananas. What were you? Check me up. What were you thinking during this period of time? Check me up. Why did you stand on light bulbs, milk, and dog food? Why were you eating dog food in October of '86, Bruce? <laughs> Why did you stand on ring the gas board when you get in? Mm. Um, yeah, uh, with with Matthew's notes, he writes them like weeks ago. And then, you know, the, life happens, life comes at you fast, and it's like you're reading new notes again. I think it's funnier. I think it's, I think it's the... It's, it's almost like I'm playing key, it up at this point. it is the best part of this podcast. No, Loki's in it. He's not in it until a few years later. <laughs> Tess, Write that down. Nah. Tell yourself that in a few years. Tess takes over with Jericho having to save The Rock. Booker does his crazy chops in the corner while he does the thing where he pretends he's being electrocuted. <laughs> I don't know the technical term, but he looks like he's having a lovely time. He's really exaggerating he's, like that. Oh, and crowd like, yay, he looks mental. <laughs> he's great. The Rock locks in the sharpshooter and crowd pops big because it's November, but Tess knocks him down. Rock's been beaten up for a while, so he finally somehow, someway, drags himself to Jericho's corner and somehow bravely tags in Jericho who doesn't turn on him. Oh, Rock was dragging his body so dramatically, he's like he spotted water in the Sahara Desert. So I was sure that was the time Jericho was just going to kick his head in, but apparently not. Jericho cleans house and locks in the walls on test, but T knocks him down while insulting the Rock. Rock is so mad, he tags himself in via slapping Jericho. 
The Rock cleans house, but Jericho accidentally dropkicks The Rock, leaving Rock wide open for a big boot from Test to give us the new WCW Tag Team Champions, Booker T and Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Cole says The Rock doesn't know what hit him. Taz yells, yeah, we know, it was Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho and The Rock stare off with The Rock trying to walk away, but Jericho stops him. And it's on, baby, with The Rock delivering a rock bottom to Jericho. Taz yells, yeah, that's the WWF way. Go ahead, tell on each other. Because <laughs> Lord knows we can't fucking beat you, yeah. so hopefully you can beat each other. <laughs> this was formulaic, but The Rock and Jericho are so over and great, it works, and the crowd are really into it. The Rock pauses and thinks about it before heading back in and delivers another one to Jericho. Taz yells, Team WWF are like oil and water coal. <laughs> I liked how, I liked how the, well, oh, great opening match. Really great start with The Rock and Jericho in a tag match. Although the, the little touches they've had in this feud are excellent. Like in terms of the miscommunication, the shittiness between them. I forgot how good this was. Yep. Like the, the, the relationship they've had. Rock hitting the rock bottom on Jericho and then leaving. And then Rock walking up the ramp and looking back. Beautiful camera angle that panned perfectly to see the rock looking back. Looking a bit sad, actually. Realized, and like, oh, I made, I made a mistake. And then Jericho getting up looking like the loneliest kid in the playground. To which the rock returns and Michael Cole's like, oh, maybe he's realized he made a mistake and he's going to make friends. It's fucking not the rock bottom. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's great. There's Big a, fan. There's a Godzilla film. I believe it's the like the terror of Mecha Godzilla. Um, it goes back in time. It's a very strange little film. And there's like these guys who are at the very start of Godzilla's inception. And so he sees baby Godzilla then later on, like after much exciting and kaiju battles. This dude's in this office skyscraper and he locks eyes with Godzilla and Godzilla looks at him. And he's there going, Godzilla, he remembers me from when he was born, when he was just an egg. And there's his pause. And then Godzilla just blows him away. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I don't know what the tone is supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, oh, Godzilla can't help being Godzilla. Oh, it was, oh, Tim. <laughs> yeah, like, I think it was a case of, oh, Godzilla remembers you, but doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's you. Nah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I've enjoyed the opening match. Tag titles change again. Uh, but yeah, really enjoying the Rock and Jericho stuff. Yeah. And then you can watch... WF Rebellion in the America world only in WF New York. I put, is that a threat? <laughs> now, I made a mistake last week because uh, I said last week was Rebellion. Apologies, it's this weekend coming. Oh, A mission on my part. You know what? I'd rather be happy than right. Throw my hands up there. Um, Those bloody dirt cheat writers changing the date. I've got the results if you want them. Rebellion. It's happening on the Sunday after this SmackDown. So we either do them now or we can do them next week. Next week. We'll do them next week. We're going to keep the timeline there, 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 there. Timeline stable. That's it. Electronic about, CD. We must keep the timeline stable and must collect all the time stones and beat Metallics at the end. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Backstage, Vince yells at The Rock begging him to get on with Jericho. Vince yells, for God's sake. But God gets censored, so it sounds like he's yelling, for fuck's sake. I thought he dropped the F-bomb. Vince yells, Rock, you could be unemployed if we lose the Survivor Series. Rock yells, I'm in Hollywood, bitch. They've got unions, Lamau. <laughs> no, sorry. Rock says, no, uh, don't worry, Vince. I'll kick people's asses. Vince asks Rock if he can apologize to Jericho. And then Jericho brawls into frame. <laughs> Rock tries kicking Jericho while yelling, there's your apology. We then cut to Taz wearing an angle shirt, laughing his ass off. Lovely little bit. It's a, it's a sad state of affairs where the only way that WCW really gets one up is, is through either unnecessary random deception or when the WWF guys beat themselves up. Like, literally, they're doing more harm to themselves than the Alliance are doing to them. You are right. But at the same time, the Alliance is going to be dead soon and Rock and Jericho are great together. Exactly. Anyway, Stacey, Keebler and Lita aren't getting along as Matt's wandering eyes lead him to accidentally elbowing Lita in a match that uh, Lita then won. What's up with that tonight? So basically, um, Stacey was getting in Matt's face. I think Stacey tried to cost Matt a bit in the match. Mm -hmm. Matt grabs Stacey like he's going to fucking smack her one. Yeah. And then as he rears back on the punch, he elbows Lita in the face. Yeah. So therefore, Lita has gone, you care about Stacey more than me. Yeah, I was going to say, I Lita, said, oh. Lita was upset with Matt after the match. Uh, yeah, for getting elbowed, not because he had the horn. Commentary mm. made it sound like he was distracted by Keebler's ass, but that wasn't the case. Not the case at all. It, what they were he saying did not match her. any of the footage. No, he was about to throttle her for getting involved and being a meddler. Yeah. A meddling mini. It's like not wandering eye, wandering elbow. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Lita then goes to see Jeff, but Matt isn't around. Jeff isn't impressed with the shiner on Lita's eye. And then Matt comes in and sees the two of them looking at each other and assumes they're getting it on. Fuck me. What the hell was 2001 like when two people meet eyes for a second and everyone assumed they were raw dogging? Jesus Christ. Matt then sadly has to deliver a promo about he's sick of apologizing. And woof, I've seen better acting from camels in Nativity Police. <laughs> What were you about to say? Just how much this whole shitty thing is annoying me. Like, the whole thing of like, oh, Matt and Stacey, they're a thing. And, geez, anybody with half a fucking brain can see the last few weeks and go, well, Stacey's clearly trying to distract Matt, and Matt is showing no interest at all, except one lingering look at her legs at one point. 
But he's certainly not planning to run away with her. In fact, he's aware of how this looks, so he's making extra effort with Lita. There was a miscalculation on Monday. But Matt Hardy sees Jeff and Lita looking at each other, presumably something they must have never done, ever. Don't make eye contact with each other. It goes against the North Carolina way. It's not the Burnley way. And Lita should have said this because we can't meet eyes because mine's currently shut because you elbowed it. <laughs> yeah, you prick. Were you RVD? Alex's eye does look worse than Lisa's at the moment, to be fair. Oh. But that's not as a lot of elbowing. I was going to say, fucking Matt Hardy, man. Yeah, it's Matt Hardy I told, again. I told Alex to keep away from him. Fucking Matt Hardy, I tell but, you. Yeah. Um, the only way this would have worked with the footage is if Matt Hardy looked at Keebler, gone, ooh, uh, got the horn, and then turned around and the horn hit Lita in the eye. <laughs> That's the only way they could match these things. But otherwise, we're supposed to go, fucking love you, Keebler, like, I'm going to punch Lita. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so Instinctively much. Instinctively punch my last just because I saw your ass. I would just say, look, come watch Raw from last week. <laughs> there you go. That's what happened. In fact, most most conflict in wrestling can be resolved but just, by, just by going, watch Raw. She can only see half the screen because of her eyes. <laughs> so she can only see herself flinching. Yeah, all I've seen is what I thought happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, no. Matt's like, damn it. I didn't think of that. Anyway, <laughs> this upcoming match is brought to you by The One with Jet Li. Da 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 Billy Gunn's movie, also starring Jet Li. <laughs> it's about karate and action and martial arts. He's got it all. Yeah. He's got it all. I thought the Hardys versus Dudleys again, bloody hell. So let's talk about the one. The one is 2001's <laughs> epic science fiction action film. Starring Billy Gunn. Directed by James Wong, starring Jet Li. Billy Gunn. Some people haven't heard of. And Jason Statham. Yeah, young Jason fucking yeah. Statham. The film which deals the concept of multiverses. Pish posh, that'll never take off. <laughs> Jet Li, a rogue agent who travels to parallel realities in order for him to kill other versions of himself to become a mythical super being known as The One. Lee plays a dual role as Jolaw and Gabelaw an LASD deputy sheriff who teams up with a multiverse agent to prevent Eulaw from becoming the one. Roger Ebert gave the film 1.5 out of 4 stars, calling it brainless, high-tech action without interesting dialogue, characters, motivation, or texture. Uh, <laughs> Robert Cole of Variety said the combo of cheesy effects and martial arts results in something that's martial artless. <laughs> Martial artless. Oh, that's good. Fantastic. Originally, the film was to have starred Dwayne The Rock Johnson before Lee assumed the lead role. However, The Rock... Uh, got attacked stars, by Jericho. Couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've got to defend the two tag team titles, including Samuel L. Jackson with the client, and so Jet Li took it on. Oh, so The Rock said no. Oh. So he, I, but then this is the guy that said yes to, like, the Tooth Fairy and the game plan. <laughs> So. The very successful two-fairing game plan. Were they successful? Absolutely. Well, I stand corrected. For a while, The Rock was like number one guaranteed actor for, and until Black there was Adam. There was a part... Of course, that, if you ask The Rock now, he'll still say that is uh, true. There was, a, there was a bit in time, there was a portion in time in like the early teens where like he was considered in Hollywood the, like, the reboot king. If yeah. you wanted to reboot a franchise, you'd just get The Rock involved. Jumanji. G.I. Joe. Yep. Um, Rampage. Fast and oh, Furious. Oh, yeah, Rampage, jeez. Like if you wanted to reboot a franchise, Spy Hunter. lob the rock in it. Spy yeah. Hunter. Anyway, 
Don't let this distract you from a six-person tag match with Lita apparently able to moonsault Devon Dudley with referee allowing it, rather than usual. Uh-oh, it's a man. Get a woman out, blah, blah, blah. No, and they're very open, they're very chill about stuff like this at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. Stacy, the tomato of Dudleyville, according to Taz, he said it. She's a tomato? I don't know where that was going. Because she's ripe. Tags in to do the leg... Tags what? in to do the leg choke in the corner, Bulk. making her look like great Carly. Her doing a leg... She could probably, like, tag in one corner to Devon and still be doing that leg choke. She that was her big move, wasn't it? That big move was doing the leg Just choke. Just do your one move and tag out. Crowd would cheer. Like Andre it. the Giant in 92. <laughs> Lita drags Stacey around as something watchable, which is impressive for this period. It's also more interesting than the Dudleys versus Hardys yet again. Sorry, but at this point, no one. I was done with this match, and yes, I absolutely was. Devon tries to get a table, and Jeff Drop kicks a table into him instead, before spanking Stacy, all legal. Taz tells Cole that if Cole had a butt, that would hurt him too. <laughs> Taz just knocks on. He says, "By the way, Michael Cole doesn't have a butt. If I have a bum, if you had Cole, a bum, if you had a butt, that would hurt you." So he didn't. So. The implication is Michael doesn't have a butt. So uh, how is that a dig? <laughs> yeah, you haven't got a bottom. You buttless man. <laughs> okay. Devon pounds away on Jeff. How have I sat down? <laughs> well, Taz says, well, if Lita focused on her personal life more than that, maybe my, maybe Matt's eyes wouldn't be wondering so much. <laughs> I put this show as Miss Taz. Matt gets the hot tag and Taz says, Matt's got his hormones in check as he clears the <laughs> ring. Lita and Stacey can't fight out of the ring as the Hardys double team the duds. Lita Frankenstein is Bubba, but then Bubba gets shoved off the apron. Accidentally by Matt, after an Irish whip from Matt. Jeff attends to Lita, leaving Matt open for a 3D, and yes, the crowd realizes the 3D is coming seconds before it occurs, giving us that great 3D. <laughs> the Hardy storyline went nowhere, but was made better by Taz. Well, there you go. Two matches on the bounce where WCW has won, but because WWF can't get their shit together. Womp, womp. Womp, womp, womp. And here is Kurt Angle to tell Tom directly why he turned on the WWF. Uh... Angle says, how could... People be asking him, how could you do this to your country? Angle says he's still their Olympic hero and a winner. Kurt's accomplished more than Undertaker has in two years than he has in ten. Kane isn't a winner. He's a follower. To let the guy who burned him lead him around. That's a good point. Jericho and The Rock, please. They've got the most selfish... So they are the most selfish egomaniacs in the history of the company. Kurt's supposed to have his career in their hands? Nah. Kurt's going to put his life in the hands of Steve Austin. Steve may cheat and back up his words, but he is a winner. Angle says he may love his country, but he also loves his job because Kurt has integrity and intelligence. The camera then... Pans back to reveal Austin and Shane by his side. And Austin ends this by saying, Kurt, I'm proud of you. Ooh. And Angle, instead of like slapping Austin on the shoulder, slaps the WWF title. Yeah. So that was a nice little touch. Um, <laughs> now, at the time, 16-year-old Tom was like, or 17-year-old Tom was like, this Daddy, sh- where do babies come from? Daddy! 17-year-old Tom was like, why don't girls like me? Sorry. 17-year-old Tom was like, but nobody likes me. Um, what was 17-year-old Tom doing? I think uh, I think still trying to awkwardly ask out Heather Wilson in his science class. But 17-year-old Tom was also talking about Kurt Angle. 
and how to this, Heather Wilson and science class. Yeah, she she didn't like wrestling talk. Uh, but but he at this point did my head in because like he was there going, I'm a winner. I used to be with the winners. The Alliance have lost consistently all year. And my my anger has changed over the years towards this. Like not so much the like, not towards the anger, but more towards the the modus operandi of the players involved. And Angle joining the Alliance was shit. Right? Because they're the, they're they're crap. Obviously we know where this goes, you know, there's you know the of the story of the mole and stuff like that. And I won't give too much away. And, and then with that to that end, why did the Alliance just happily accept that Kurt Angle, who has been trying to abolish them from the beginning, suddenly goes, I want to team with you. And they just go, cool, fine. Because they need all the help they can get, Tom. <laughs> there is that, but it's also like they just so willingly accept it without question. The whole, yeah. I'm not a fan. But I didn't like it, but then it's like, oh, oh, oh okay. Let they it got, play they out. They got me with this one. Yeah, so. they, they, they absolutely got me with this one. And you know what else we're going to get? Kane versus Kurt, which is up next. And it's sponsored by, wait, this can't be right. The match is sponsored by Clearasil for a Kane match. <laughs> Come on, man. There's no need for that bullshit. <laughs> just put some Clearasil on it, burn victim. That'll clean up just fine. Honestly, if Tom did something that bad, he'd get kicked off the radio. <laughs> Kane clears the ring of curtain justice as crowd chants, Angle sucks. Kurt delivers a sweet German on Kane like it's a very normal thing. Kane's a very big lad. Mm -hmm. By the way, Kane's elbow is wrapped up yet again. Just put some Clearasil on it, Bernie bro. <laughs> Bernie McGee. Kane is getting wet wiped in the ring, so he decides to brawl on the crowd, which makes sense, except Austin shows up to share a shot Kane's ankle. You know, that ankle that isn't taped up, when his bloody elbow is right there. Undertaker chases Austin away in a dramatic moment for 2001 Undertaker, before Kurt works on Kane's ankle like it's a Warhammer 40k figurine. Warhammer. Kane somehow counters with an enziguri, then delivers multiple rolling suplexes, like Eddie, with a bad ankle. <laughs> Kane crowd, Guerrero. Cra Ooh. Crowd politely applauds. Kane 01 was built different. Latino heat. Dum Dum Burn Burn <laughs> then decides to try a top rope clothesline right onto his crispy, crunchy ankle. So by the time he goes for a choke slam, <laughs> Kurt is able to cover quite easily and go for the ankle lock. No way. Kane throws him off with one leg, with Kurt bumping across the ring for it, and Kane managing the choke slam. His ankle is killing him though, but he's still able to try his own damn ankle lock. That doesn't work, so Kane attempts a bloody tombstone, but Angle is able to roll that into an ankle lock. And that isn't the end as Kane rolls, but Angle holds up this time and holds on to Kane like a broken bronco. Crowd is going nuts as Kane mashes the pad towards the ropes. Kane tries and tries and tries, but eventually has to tap out with Kurt holding on. What the hell? This was a sweet, sweet, sweet match of Kane 01 back to being the best dude. Fuck test. Absolutely fantastic match. And I believe the first Kane tap out ever. Ooh, I haven't thought about that. I think this is the first time that Kane taps out. Maybe there's a Benoit match there. So, but yeah, you know what? I think Kurt Angle... No, I, I think he taps out here, and then he'll tap out again at WrestleMania? No, X8 has a really crap finish with to roll through. Oh, does it? Yeah, because they try to recreate this, and it didn't work, sadly. But yeah, I, I've heard that. I've been told about how good this match was. Mm. I've never seen it myself, so I was really, really happy to see good. it in full. Really good. And uh, just just energy from the, from the start to end. Brilliant. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Fucking great. 
Uh, Kurt Angle, always great. And, and I said, oh, one Kane, as you said, built fucking different. Yeah. Built fucking different. And the only way to follow that amazing match is with William Regal backstage being welcomed by Tajiri. Mush, mush. Um, Regal says, I mush, mush. <laughs> Willie, Willie puts over Tajiri and says he was proud putting him over when he was in the WWF. So, still proud of him. So he's going to offer him an alliance position. Tajiri declines because Tori advises him, no, bloody women. Regal pretends to understand his decision and shakes his hand, but then drags Tajiri across his tea set. Oh, no. We then get a random snatch reference as Willie yells, do you know what nemesis means? <laughs> but he doesn't do the rest of the speech. Instead, he just follows up with, well, now you do, because I'm your bloody nemesis. Oh. Tajiri kicks him away and runs. <laughs> What the hell? Like, Nemesis was a Star Trek uh, movie, wasn't it? Still, still it Star was. Trek Nemesis? Yeah, it was O2. It was fucking go. awful. So it's a plug for that, isn't it, really? It's a plug for that. Stop it. Uh, no news on where Mick Foley is this week. Like, he's Yay! not... Which, which I'm delighted about. No no, no uh, return of Kaplunk Bang Bang, sadly. <laughs> Kaplunk and Bang Bang has been cancelled for he's now. He's been Kaplunked. <laughs> I was glad to not see Foley here this week. I thought, obviously, this segment wouldn't have worked with Foley there for a start. Um, but I know that there is some issues backstage with Foley and, and the WWF. He's been very vocal about like how he's a bit jaded doing what he's doing, and we'll see that play out yeah. in the next week or so. I have no memory of what happens with him. Do you not? No. Do you not remember his last appearance? No, I don't. So I don't know if we even see him again on SmackDown. If if I think if we don't see him next week, I don't think we see him again. Why would they bring him back? If they're getting rid of one of the things, there's, there can't be two commissions. Well, I wonder whether... Is that why? They thought Brock went, wait, what other than this? There was, I think, I, I think it was a half-hearted, half-witted plan. Um, but I, don't think, I think if we don't see him next week, I don't think we see him again at all. Yeah. Apart from the pay-per-view. Fair enough. <clears throat> right. Yes. Yeah. I'm just imagining Mick Foley just... Uh, he would have made that segment better. He would have showed up with a plant and goes, look, Regal, it's Mick Foliage. <laughs> He'd offer Tajiri a game of guess who. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool, because he was like, Mankind? No. Dude Love? No. That's not that bad, actually. Well, damn it, I'm, I hate that. Austin is proud of Kurt, and here's Kurt to say, hey, you're talking about me, so I'm going to show up. And Austin's like, well, that's nice. Austin is so proud of Kurt that he gifts him a Steve Austin hat. Kurt Angle goes, yay, I'm a son of a bitch. This is awesome. Austin then gives him his medals back as he had them fished out the river. Oh, I did wonder about that. <laughs> oh, he put a brick and he threw in the river. Austin and Angle hug and their relationship is back. With Austin then shown to be pulling the same disgusted face like Vince did to him. Uh-huh. Mm. Hey, nothing but throwbacks. It's kind of a callback sort of thing. So some notes on this one from Figure Four this week. Um, Brian Gewurz, Brian Gewurz was the was the behind the angle and Austin segment. Uh, he loves cornball comedy, so this worked for him. The writing situation continues to be a disaster because they have so many people with so many different viewpoints, and the biggest problem will never be mentioned publicly, uh, i.e. the man's infesting TV and the one-sided nature of the entire storyline of the Alliance. But um, it was mentioned as well, and, and this was mentioned part of a paragraph, which I forgot to say, this this one. Uh, the Kane-Kurt Angle match was directed by Paul Heyman, and it was Paul Heyman's idea to have Kane tap out. Again, oh. something that people went, I don't know if you want to do that. Just fucking, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It was a great match. 
So Paul Heyman's uh, creative handiwork was in that. And Brian Gewurz's was in Austin and Angle rolling it back. as Making Angle to quote a dorky lackey to Steve Austin once again. But like you say, it's yeah, it makes back. sense. He's well, well, we'll see, we'll see him. I kind of obviously, think, obviously, Austin gave him a three sixteen baseball cap, as well as his medals back. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice if we're doing the throwbacks. Angle should Austin should have given him a little cowboy hat. That would have been quite nice. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I think would. I think people got it. Yeah, yeah. they got it. They obviously it, it worked. They got it. Yeah. The Rock is mad. Look how mad he is. If you don't believe him, look at his new American shirt that says <laughs> just bring it with the stars and stripes. He demands Jericho, one-on-one on Raw, final destination, no items. Show The Rock. Show The Rock you can win the big one by defending your WWE title. What? By he'll defend his WWE title against him. Rock challenges Jericho to a one-on-one match for the WWE title on Raw. We can retain the big one, mm, whatever. Um, this felt more mm. of an advert for Rock's shirt, uh, more, than, more so than the match, to be honest. Hey, hey, USA. <laughs> it's more a case of Rock saying, prove you can win the big one fair. Win the big, yeah. Because he like, is right. I guess he is winning the match, but it's just like you retain the... Yeah win, win, yeah. yeah, win the big one by beating me. That beating me clean yeah. is winning the big one. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Yeah. The big one in this sense isn't the title. The big one is the Rock. No, the big one is the Xbox. Is the Blackpool rollercoaster. <laughs> bomb, uh, uh, Xbox bomb of the week. <laughs> Is RVD versus Edge on Raw with a missed five-star splash, ended up getting connected into a spear. Edge retained the IC title, which is a big-ass victory for him during this period, considering Mm. how hot RVD is. Mm. And this leads to RVD getting yelled at by Austin and Angle, which basically consists of Austin yelling and Angle repeating the last word he just said. Uh, RVD can't get a word in, so he just says, whatever, and leaves. Okay. (laughs) That was basically the whole thing. Yeah. Um, it, interestingly, um, there was talk at this point of Austin versus Rob Van Dam headlining the house show circuit. Okay. Now, I, and 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 I looked into this a little bit deeper, and I realised that last month missed completely missed this from my notes, uh, and I shan't make that same mistake again. Uh, was the episode of SmackDown that was headlined by the Dudleys and Rhino versus uh, Jericho? Rock and the APA. Yeah. There was a dark match main event, and it was Rob Van Dam versus Steve Austin, Ooh. which went 10 minutes, and Rob Van Dam won. Ooh. Mm. And they liked it, and they went, we can run this on the house show circuit, and I went on cage match. They never did. Mm. <laughs> was Austin doing house shows? He was doing the odd one, and right. it was in multi-person matches sometimes right, as well. Right. Uh, there was a few times where he wrestled. In some of the bigger markets, they had Austin Rock. Mm. Uh, but more for the not, it would, would be in like in multi-person matches because save because he's pack, they're all packed yeah. in 01. Edge and the great music of Rob Zombie's B-sides as Cole emphasizes the sinister urge. Yes. Really passive aggressive. Someone's had a word. Yeah. <laughs> they got it wrong a yeah. few weeks ago. It's the RVD versus Edge rematch, but this time it's for RVD's hardcore title. So this time RVD wastes no time kicking a chair into Edge's many teeth. My God, that man is built like a shark. <laughs> Edge gets a lovely face buster onto the chair and RVD moonsaults off the apron because O1 RVD was working hard. Mm-hmm. RVD tries air saboob, sells right into a mid-air spear from Edge. 
He's getting really good at that. I didn't think it was mid. I thought it was very good. Yeah. Test comes out to check the competition and kick Edge's 65 teeth in with the big boot, <laughs> allowing RVD to frog splash to win as Taz yells, It's Alliance Thursday! Ha <laughs> <laughs> Test stares at Edge, saying up a match later on in the month, but Taz is more interested in asking if Cole wants to join the Alliance. Because <laughs> they're doing so well. We've had, we're, we're having a good week. Yeah. You know, when you're 3-0 down... You, you certainly will. <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll give it socks, won't yeah. you? Uh, yeah, there's just a, Four nil a down. decent little match. Mm. Between Dec- the two, obviously, to settle the score for, hey, you got the normal matches, but I'm hardcore champ, me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, decent match, and I'd love to see them do more. Mm. I think we do get a bit more from them in oh, yeah, years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho responds to Coachman by saying, no offence, but I'm going to go tell The Rock personally what I think about him. And after the advert, <laughs> Jericho walks up and punches The Rock. <laughs> like Homer hitting Lemmy at work. It was great. He just walked straight up to him and just yeah. said, hey, bang. Rock gives Jericho a shoe-in. You may say he lugs him in. <laughs> the lugs of death this week. Before you get into the lugs of death. No. This Pause it. Uh, actually, Jericho got a fair bit on the rock here. Rock got laid, got beaten up and left onto a table. And the camera cuts away. And as the camera's cutting away, the table gives way. And the rock just collapses <laughs> the table in the dressing. <laughs> I didn't catch in that. In a lovely little botchamania style. I was too busy writing lugs, lugs things. The lugs! Regal hitting Tajiri. Lugs! <laughs> Righty tighty booty Lucy. <laughs> Well worth it, right? <laughs> I'm amazed they're still sponsoring. Like, I thought this joke would have gone by now, but no. they're still here. They're in for the long run. The lugs are here for the long lug. Long distance running. Long distance running. And the lugs <laughs> through muddy terrain. Regal comes out to a weird version of his theme that isn't the more famous evil tugboat theme, I call it. No one. <laughs> yeah. It's other that one. It's not that. It's somewhere between that and the Keep It Up Appearances one. Yeah, it's got like a it's got like sort of violins and stuff in it in a in a minor key. I never liked this one. It was more mm. just a whilst we're waiting for Jim Johnson to finish. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. Yeah. The superior one. Have to wait for the boats coming in and going out again. <laughs> uh, Taz thinks Tajiri should be sent back. Oh. Tajiri gets some English chops and a few all-day breakfasts <laughs> before landing the handspring elbow. Crowd loves that. And then Regal lands the Regal cut out of nowhere to end it. Oh, I was just getting into that. Regal double underhooks Tajiri as Taz laughs about Tajiri having to work at a Chinese restaurant and Tori having to wait tables after Survivor Series. <laughs> Tom, why are you laughing at that? That's not nice. I'm not laughing at it. I think it's... We'll have to edit that laughter out. That, I, you can't say that anymore, can you, Matthew? You can't say that, Tom. Stop it. <laughs> These are all bits that are a bit bananas. As Bernard Manning once said... Stop it. Stop it, Tom. No. We'll Don't, Tom, remember to cut out this Bernard Manning rant here. Yeah. There, done it. Well there we done. go. Clearly cut that out. Yeah. Vince motivates The Undertaker. The Undertaker's like, I do crimes to support our troops, and then punches air. <laughs> Whatever, Dad. Vince is like, do it for, you know, your brother got hurt. Do it for the WWF. And, and Tigger says, I know, I'm the one who hurt him. <laughs> I've been beating him up for years, mate. Yeah. But I like, but, but Undertaker's like, yeah, I'm going to win the title, but after I win the belt, you can kiss my ass, Vince. Yeah. Like, yeah, go on, cry, Mink. Yeah. So Undertaker and Austin, the main event for the title. It is, as cold as, as the event. biggest match in the history of SmackDown. Is it? 
Uh, can't be. Nah. We've had well, I can't think of any of those off right off the top of my head. So Rock Triple H bull rope match with the, with Shawn Michaels as referee. No, it wasn't a bull rope. No, Rock Triple H for the WWF title with Shawn Michaels as referee. Yeah. I'd argue oh, potentially. Uh, Triple H versus Bulldog with Rock as guest ref. Oh, it doesn't matter if the Rock counts to three. <laughs> and gives it that. The, gives it that. Oh, the sliding people's elbow. Beautiful. Yeah. Call that a title shot. The buried alive tag match. <laughs> he went home to play. I'm thinking I can't even walk. Oh, God. Yeah, Big Show and Undertaker versus The Rock and Sock. Yeah. Oh, see, there's been some bangers. Yeah. Let's see if this is one of them. Mm. I should have written my notes. I said, Cole has hyped this up as the biggest match in the history of SmackDown. I don't know. Godfather versus Viscera over feuding pimp services is up there. (laughs) I forgot about that. Rest in peace, Viscera's GeoCities website (laughs) for his pimping service. What a storyline that was. Steve Austin, Pearl Harbor's Undertaker as he's rolling, rolling, rolling in his mobility scooter. Austin then tries to start the bike, but he needs blue chew as he can't get it started. So Undertaker beats him up trying to ride his old woman. (laughs) <laughs> no, not Sarah Nectar to his bike. <laughs> uh-huh. Undertaker, uh-huh. Undertaker, I'm not impressed. Undertaker then tries to run over Austin, so Steve dives over the guardrail. Austin and Undertaker brawl, brawl, brawl like it's 98. Punch, punch, tired, tired. Kaplunk, bang, bang. <laughs> they roll in, and now the title match starts. Undertaker delivers old school to a big pop, so he just does it again. <laughs> old school too, <laughs> even older. Austin escapes the last ride as this crowd is popping big for everything. It's already better than any of their 99 or 01 matches. It's so much better. A sign pops up on the hard cam held by a kid in the crowd. It just says, who's next? World chump wrestling. Toxic wrestling fans strike again. Somebody else probably in the crowd holding up a sign saying, fantastic, Dizzy is overrated. (laughs) (laughs) That American's like, who? (laughs) Now the English people's wiped away a single tear. (laughs) Austin tries running away, so Undertaker chases him back. Cowardly Austin is so great against Undertaker. That's why this match is probably rocking so hard. Austin attempts to use the title on Undertaker, so he big boots him. Undertaker grabs the title, so Hebner tries to get it off him, leaving him open to a stunner, but Undertaker rolls outside to take a breather. Ah. But Austin continues with his Austin offense, with Undertaker then able to recover and deliver snake eyes and a big boot. Bloody hell. Undertaker manages to accidentally hit Hebner. Yeah, I'm sure it was an accident. So Austin wails away with a chair, but Austin goes up top, what? So Undertaker hits him with a chair to knock him off and to set up a loud-ass chair to their head as Austin bleeds everywhere. Undertaker sets up a choke slam. It connects. One, two. Oh, here's Kurt Angle to cause a DQ. Ooh. Man, that was a sweet Undertaker versus Austin match considering these dudes had many rotten matches together in their career. Shane McMahon shows up with booze as even Kurt Angle drinks it. It's not milk. No, Kurt. No. The biggest heel turn of all is Angle on the dairy industry. No. And I just put sweet ass Smackdown. And indeed it was. It was a great show. Wow. Where did this come from? Great main event. It's almost as if the WF being in jeopardy has created some really fun matches and moments. Can't be a coincidence. Taz commentating great matches. Mm, really? No Foley ruining yeah. up uh, William Regal segments. It was it yeah. was great. It was it was a great show from top to bottom. Rock in the opening match with Test and Booker T in there. WWF now for the first time in ages feel like they're against the ropes here. Yeah, as as they fucking but they could have played this so much better over the months. But I'm glad that they're at least trying to redress the balance. 
mm. in the weeks to come. Uh, Steve Austin required 18 stitches after that match with The Undertaker. He got busted open quite heavily there. God, he's just all stitches at this he's point. Just, he's he? stitched up and bandaged up and <laughs> made of iron filings and metal poles. It's one of those teddies that you stay as a kid and then you're like, 20 years later, you still got it. And it's just like, oh, I remember you. And it's like, you don't even resemble what you once were. <laughs> so mangled and crusty. <laughs> like Jack Skeleton's last from Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> I, love you, I love like you, it. Snoopy doll. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he looks like now. Uh, uh, something you remember from this episode? Ooh. Look at that stupid noise I just made. Sorry about that. That's my thinking noise. I would like to say Kurt versus Kane, but I didn't see it the set. So I what uh, I didn't see this one then. Bollocks. I ah. Oh, okay. So I remember Kurt joining Steve. Yeah. And then getting back together. I remember the that angle. Must been, that must have been shown on Heat or some, one of the recap shows on Sunday or something. I think they would have showed it on Metal. Yeah, there we go. Metal works. I remember Angle's explanation behind the blue behind the blue screen and being annoyed about it, as I said earlier. Like, they're the losers. Why are you joining them? Makes no sense, storyline-wise. Um, and I remember the pan out as well and having Shane and Austin there. That's good imagery, that. I agree. Uh, what did you forget? Obviously, if you haven't watched it, then... Everything. I was going to say, uh, Kurt versus Kane, well, I recommend the fuck of it. Anybody mm. who wants to watch bits of SmackDown, or just watch it vicariously through us, I guess, but just imagine it being a great match. But I forgot Undertaker and Austin rocking that hard. Mm. Because they didn't. Like, their best match was like 97, maybe SummerSlam 98, at a push. It's a bit wonky. But this ruled. I forgot Kane tapping out. I knew he tapped uh. out. I, I knew he tapped out in the match against Angle. But I didn't think it was this particular night until I was watching the match. And then he's in it for ages and the, the hand's there. And I think, ah, this is where... And, and, and Kane really angrily goes... Like he's scuppers. I like that. Kane of 2001, a very different beast. And we love to see it. We love to see it. Uh, on the and on, we love to see that SmackDown, by the way. That was a good episode. Yes, it was. Enjoyed the shit out of that. That's great. But I hope we enjoy the shit outside the comic. Ah, that we are at right now. We are at right now, and then uh, maybe you'll come along to North Wrestling. Let the Ooh. cannons fly for on Ka-bang. the evening. Bang bang kaplunk. Bang bang kaplunk. That's what that's noise cannons make, right? That is. The- <laughs> Who's going to be there, Tom? Bang bang and kaplunk. <laughs> Um, already announced at time of recording, uh, we will see uh, Boisterous Behaviour defending the tag team titles for North Wrestling. Uh, we will see Liam Slater defending the North World title. Ooh. At time of recording, opponent to be announced. I imagine it's out there by now, but I won't say it just in case. Uh, the ultra-violent champion, Clint Margera, is going to be there. Amir Jordan's in the house. Ooh, before he goes to Canada. Before he goes to Canada. And uh, say his name, he will appear. The Impact Wrestling Digital Media Champion, Joe Hendry. There's more champions there than there is on Bloody Smackdown. I know, bloody, bloody. And many other names as well. Uh, Northwrestling.co.uk. If you you miss it, you can watch it back on Fights Plus. Uh, with myself and Vader Scott doing commentary. Vader Scott, bloody hell. The bloody Vader Scott, that's nice. That'll be on there as well. Um, But if you're not, come along and see us at Anarchy Brewery on on tonight, Saturday night. If you're in the Northeast area, come and say hello. Well, I assume Vader Scott was doing like the big, big show. She's doing... She's doing the big, big shows. She's doing all the big North shows. Oh, sorry, they're all Every North show is a big North show, Matthew. Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, I said that in the same cadence as a succulent Chinese dinner. <laughs> that's reason. how we turn the episode. Well, that's, that's like, 
goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, actually, to end the episode, to play us out. Oh, okay. Uh, we have a song. Uh, a song? Yes. Uh, email came in from Michael Staley. Hello, Michael. Oh. I was listening to some recent episodes. You guys came up with song ideas on both the Nitro and the Smackdown Classic Reviews. Uh, now, sadly, I couldn't recall the Nitro one of Living on the Ramp, which is from the uh, from the Smackdown, from the Nitro review. My voice doesn't do well with Living on a Prayer, but I did record a parody of I'll Make a Man Out of You, yeah. inspired by your discussion of Kane during the No Mercy watch-along. I hope you enjoy my shod- shoddily edited work. Oh, I'm so happy someone listened to that. We will enjoy the shit out of it right now. Michael Staley playing us out. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at Don't forget to join us. It's not me who's cheating on you. <laughs> Love you, bye. Let's get down to Bernie. Since my house is aflame. I think I know who done it, my brother's to blame. An inferno match has been assigned, and you can bet when I am through, you'll see me burn a man on pay-per-view. Knocking at the front door. Stupid game is here. If we're really lucky, cool cane will soon appear. JR asked me stupid questions, and my anger it then grew. Watch as I burn a man before you. Anybody see my milky bike? The joke is, this is a parody. Steph, I can't beat Lemmy in Mario 3. It was a setup all along. Overstuffed the ravioli. The year 2001 is a space odyssey. I get home to my angry wife, Linda. Guess I did something wrong once again. What a circumstance I find myself in. That that's got to be Kane. My hair's getting frizzy as the match goes on. I could be the winner, but it all goes wrong. I'll appear once more on Roy's war, and I'll tell my brother. How could I burn a man such as you? Burn a I get home to my angry wife Linda. Guess I did something wrong once again. In a circumstance I find myself in, it's perfectly clear that that's got to be king. My angry wife Linda Guess I did something wrong once again What a circumstance I find myself in It's perfectly clear that that's got to be
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 